0: biggest and most difficult thing is to create these broad new themes like uh, Lucy pulling away the football and her psychiatric booth, Linus' is blanket, Schroeder's playing the piano, and Snoopy's chasing the Red Baron.
1: Cartoonist Charles Schultz. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. and welcome back to schultz week on now i've heard everything all this week we've been featuring interviews i've done over the years with prominent people named schultz on monday former starbucks ceo howard schultz on wednesday former us secretary of state george schultz and today cartoonist extraordinaire charles m schultz now is there a man a woman a child in the in america anywhere in the world for that matter who has never heard of charlie brown and lucy and linus and snoopy Those and all the other characters created by Charles Schultz have been with us for over 70 years and are now among America's most iconic art. Charles Schultz is widely considered one of America's most prominent cartoonists ever. And the roster of other famous cartoonists who say they were inspired by him is a long one. So when I was offered the chance in 1989 to interview Charles Schultz, I jumped at that chance. He was the subject of a book written by author Rita Johnson, a book called good grief. So here now, from 1989, Charles Schultz.
0: Well, I don't suppose that a cartoonist's life really is that interesting. Uh, I've written several books myself, uh, sort of celebrating each anniversary as it has come along. I did Peanuts Jubilee, and then five years ago I did You Don't Look 35, Charlie Brown, where I wrote a few more things about cartooning and a cartoonist's life. But this is uh, the, the approach of our 40th anniversary of the strip, and everybody seemed to think that it was time for some kind of a biography. I've never really been interested in writing a full-scale autobiography, and I've never really been interested in a, uh, what, again, you might call a full-scale biography. This might be more of what you might call an interpretation
1: do you find it difficult to deal with people who wonder, well, hey, why don't you tell us everything? I mean, give, them, give her free reign. Tell us, let it all hang out.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that has never been a problem because there's not much that uh, to tell. Uh, I think there is a fair interest in cartoonists themselves of uh, how we do what we do and I suppose even why to sit at a drawing board all of your life and draw something that has to be in the paper every day, uh, week after week, you know, and year after year, there's a certain fascination about uh, how this is done, where do you get the ideas, and how far ahead do you work on all of these silly things. But beyond that, I, I don't know of any cartoonist whose life... Uh, would would certainly merit a kiss-and-tell book, which was not at all what I wanted to do.
1: (laughs) Now, you must by now, I'm sure, have a little card printed up, so when people ask you the same questions you've been hearing for 40 years, you can just whip out the card and hand that to them, right?
0: Yeah, everybody wants to know how far ahead you work Uh, six weeks on the daily and uh, at least 10 or 12 on the Sunday. Where do you get the ideas? I just think them up, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Does it
1: seem like you've been doing it for 40 years?
0: No, uh, it seems... As if I can remember exactly that uh, first week or so when the strip first began and the excitement of going uptown in Minneapolis and going through some of the out-of-town newspapers to see how they were running the strip and then thumbing through and going sometimes clear back into the want ads before I would find my strip. I remember a friend of mine went up to this uh, huge newsstand one day and he asked the elderly gentleman who was running the newsstand, do you have any uh, papers with with peanuts in them? And he says, no, and we don't have any with popcorn in them either. (laughs) So uh, we got off to kind of a weak start.
1: You know, when you look at uh, when you look at some of the early drawings of, of what later evolved into uh, Charlie Brown and uh, Linus and, and uh, Lucy, it, it seems so far removed from what we see today. Yet, if you look at it, you know, if you kind of squint when you're looking at it, you can see, of course, there they are.
0: I think you'll find this is true of all comic strips. If you look at some of the early Little Abner comic strips, you'll find that Mammy and Pappy Oakham were very tall. And you look at some of the early Blondie strips... Uh, they did not look much like uh, they now look. And uh, this is true uh, of, of Beetle Bailey and all of the others. The cartoonist style changes almost each day as he or she is drawing. Uh, you're not even aware of it until maybe one of your reprint books comes out a year or two later and suddenly you're, uh, like I was, I was horrified to discover that Charlie Brown's uh, neck was too fat and... Uh, maybe Snoopy was getting too tall and thin or too fat or something like that. So then you you just kind of go back and make the little changes. But each day you're trying to draw the strip uh, the best that you can.
1: Well, you know, we can all think of actors who fall into a role that they play and then they begin, as the seasons go on on TV, they begin to almost parody their own character. Does a cartoonist have to watch out for that as well?
0: I think it is very important for a cartoonist to watch out that he does not become uh, boring without realizing it, uh, it is possible. And I see it in the papers almost every day to create ideas, which simply are not funny at all, but you, you you don't know it. And I think a cartoonist has to be very careful about judging his own work to make sure that he has not fallen into this rut, not only drawing the same things over and over, but, uh, really thinking of ideas, which, uh, actually are not funny, but, uh, It is possible to lose your ability to judge these things for short periods of time.
1: Do you ever look at a strip and you say, what did I ever think was funny about that?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it isn't quite that bad. Uh, I'm amazed, really, at the tolerance of the reading public to follow comic strips year after year and vote for them as being their favorites when uh, the strip really, in many ways... uh, uh, have lost some of that initial spark. And the cartoonist has uh, kind of le- what I call leveled off. And then, of course, there are the strips which are drawn by people who have taken over the feature after the initial creator has died. And in, uh, I think, one of the few cases, uh, Fred Lasswell, who draws Snuffy Smith now, has done a wonderful job taking over the old Barney Google strip. But some of them just don't uh, merit that quality anymore.
1: Well, perish the thought. I mean, we don't want to think about such things, but when your time comes and then you pass along, do you want someone to continue peanuts?
0: No, my children made the decision. They said we don't want anybody else ever to draw a dad strip, so it says in my contract that when I die or I retire, the strip in.
1: After this short break, the prediction that Charles Schultz's kindergarten teacher made... Now back to my 1989 interview with charles schultz do you remember the first time that you realized that when you put a pen in your hand and put it to paper that you could draw something that looked the, 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 something that people would look at and say wow that's good
0: it happened quite gradually uh you may not believe this but the first day i was in kindergarten we were all given huge sheets of white wrapping paper and uh a black crayon, and we lay on the floor on our stomachs and drew something. And I remember the teacher coming by me and looking down and, and saying, Someday, Charles, you're going to be an artist. Well, I didn't turn out to be an artist, but at least I turned out to be a cartoonist. So, but little by little, I, uh, I always liked to draw, but I, I began to realize that there was some value in, in drawing. That not, not everybody could draw, and that uh, it was fun.
1: It may be just a matter of semantics, but what's the difference between an artist and a cartoonist?
0: I suppose an artist is someone who creates a uh, a creation that speaks from one generation to another, that uh, has a certain lasting quality that makes it rise above other uh, creations and uh, speaks to us in, uh, in a very special way. And unfortunately, cartoons rarely do this, uh, There are some cartoons which have been drawn uh, 50 to 100 years ago, which are still funny and beautifully drawn, but uh, I'm not sure that um, comic strips are a pure art, plus the fact that you have to please so many people. You have to please your newspaper editor, your syndicate editor, and so many other people before your work actually gets out to the public.
1: I don't know. Assuming that videotapes survive long enough, I can easily see people 100 years from now watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special.
0: Well, I sure hope so. Uh, um, It can be gratifying, you know.
1: I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, Ever since the very first time I saw it when I was a boy, I've always, always liked the scene in which Linus reads the Bible story uh, of the of the the, the wise men uh, discovering the manger. Whose idea was that to put that put that in the show?
0: Bill Melendez and Lee Mendelson and I. Bill is the animator. Lee is the producer were sitting in my studio trying to put together this television show, and uh, somehow the story lacked something. And finally, after not saying anything for quite a few moments, I expressed the view that if this show was to be a Christmas show, I said, there's no way we can avoid it. We've got to somehow get in this passage from... uh, saint luke otherwise uh, we're just kidding ourselves and so we came up with the idea of having linus step out onto the stage and he says lights please And then he recites this marvelous passage and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them And the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid i don't think there's any, any other
1: christmas special cartoon or otherwise that does that
0: uh i like to think that uh, most of them simply don't have the nerve Uh, i think i've done quite a few things in this strip which uh took a little bit of extra nerve to to break some some new ground i'm not the only one of course who breaks new ground in cartooning but uh, i think it's important to do to do things that are a little bit different
1: You know, there are a lot of eggheads who who like to take a look at cartoon strips and try to read into them what the cartoonist is really trying to tell us with his cartoons. What are you really trying to tell us with Charlie Brown?
0: What I'm really trying to tell you is that I'm glad I got the whole batch done and got it to the post office in time. (laughs) (laughs) I I find it difficult to talk about overall themes. Uh, I know... In the past, I used to think a lot about the difficulty of just surviving out on the playground, that as adults grow, they, they forget that it's difficult to be a child and survive among all of the other children out on the playground at recess and after school and all of that sort of thing. So that is one of the, sort of the, the themes that uh, is way in the background, but we would have to discuss individual strips if we're going to talk about what uh, they really mean.
1: Is is there a burden, and I don't mean just a burden in terms of turning out the strips in time to get them in the in, in the mail, but is there a burden in knowing that so many millions of people count on you each day to give them a little lift, to give them a boost? If they're feeling down, they know they can read Peanuts and they'll be lifted right back up again. What if you just feel down yourself?
0: I think that would be a, a monstrous burden if one dwelt on it, if one thought about it uh, every time he started to draw something, but I think it's best just to kind of uh, hunch over the drawing board and shut out the world and just draw what you think is funny and hope as many people as possible agree. Otherwise, I just don't think there's any way to do it.
1: Are there ever times that, that you feel a bit uh, boxed in in any way? I mean, it's, it's difficult for you to, to make any radical changes, isn't it?
0: Well, fortunately, the comic strip uh, grows very slowly, uh, and you don't have to wrap up everything like you do in a novel. It doesn't all have to come out perfectly in the end. You can make a few mistakes and go back and almost start over again with a new week. But I think the biggest and most difficult thing is to create these broad new themes like uh, Lucy pulling away the football and her psychiatric booth, Linus's blanket, Schroeder's playing the piano, Snoopy's chasing the Red Baron. Those are the hard things to think of. Just thinking of daily gags is not that difficult.
1: Does it, does it take anything away from, from whatever artistic aspect you attribute to the strip? To see Snoopy on a lunchbox, to see Charlie Brown on a raincoat, uh, to see pencils and, and erasers and everything with uh, all sorts of merchandising with your characters on them?
0: Well, it's um, almost what you might call part of our society, is it not? It's not only car- uh, comic characters that do this, uh, television personalities, live actors, athletes uh... former politicians this seems to be just another way of uh, of adding to your income and i really don't see anything wrong with it because people love cartoon characters they love to have reminders of them around they love to have a little uh... ornament sitting on their desk perhaps or on their dresser at home and uh, you have to have a picture on a lunchbox it might as well be snoopy as uh, a picture of a tree i suppose uh... It, it's uh... Um, It brings about criticism, of course, criticism which continually baffles me because I feel as long as I draw the strip every day, as long as I think of every idea and draw every pen line, I am robbing or I am not robbing the reader, nor am I robbing the subscribing newspaper editor. It's not as if I've hired a whole staff of people to grind these things out for me. I, I think I've been very loyal to my readers.
1: Charles Schultz died in 2000. He was 77 years old. And you can find easy Amazon links to Rita Johnson's book about Charles Schultz and some of his books at our website, heardeverything.com. Are you new to Now I've Heard Everything? Well, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And if there was an episode from the past that you missed, no problem. They're all on our website, heardeverything.com. And thanks for listening. Well, next time on Now I've Heard Everything, to mark the debut of his nationally syndicated radio show, my 2013 interview with former Secret Service agent turned conservative talk host, Dan Bongino. We think elected officials have the power because we elect them, but what you don't realize when you're behind the scenes is they don't. Who really has the power, Bill, is this series of cronies, bureaucrats, paid off insiders. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.